0: Welcome into All the Best Things. Uh, You guys are in for a treat today. We've got a very special guest on board. Uh, He's the owner of the Savannah Bananas baseball team. He's the author of Find Your Yellow Tux. And he also hosts his own podcast, Business Done Differently. Please welcome to the show, Jesse Cole. Jesse, welcome to All the Best Things. Jake, I am pumped to be with you today, my friend. You always bring in that energy. I love it. We're going to tap into that a little bit today. So uh, first off, tell us a little bit about your background and how you became the Yellow Tux man. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, now I'm just a circus <laughs> circus guy running a baseball team. But you now I started to like, you know, any kid back, you know, you had a love and my love was baseball as a kid. You know, uh, uh, I played every day. My father bought a baseball facility up in Massachusetts when I was a kid so I could play year round. I was what they call the baseball club rat. I was always there taking swings, fell in love with the game. I uh, was fortunate to get a full college scholarship to play down in South Carolina and started talking to pro teams, getting letters from the Mets and the Padres and the... Braves, and uh, it was amazing. And then uh, my yeah. senior year, I tore everything in my shoulder. And just like that, uh, my career was over. Bam, it was done. And yeah, right. in retrospect, it was the best thing that ever happened to me um, because everyone thought I'd go into coaching. That's what my dad did. That's what I was, you know, I, I knew the game. Um, but I tried mm-hmm. it in the Cape Cod League, and uh, I learned something very important, that uh, I was sitting in the dugout next to the best players in the country, and I was bored out of my mind. There's a difference about playing, and then there's a difference about watching, and I was bored. And so I, I got the opportunity to, to become a GM of a really low-performing team in Gaston, North Carolina, that was, had only 200 fans coming to the games, $268 in the bank account, and uh, I had to take over that team and try to make it successful. And that's when I really went from a baseball guy to realizing what business we're really in, and the entertainment business. And that's where I learned everything, starting as a 23-year-old GM of the worst team in the country
0: okay perfect i love it i love it well uh things i guess you could say have have turned a little bit for you uh the savannah bananas are on a sellout streak uh quite a quite an extensive one as well but tell us how you do business differently basically what makes the savannah bananas such a draw
1: yeah so long story short we learned a lot in that gastonia team we started having dancing players breakdancing coaches we started having a lot of fun and uh that, that ended up being fourth in the country in attendance. And my wife and I, who I met in the industry, we said, let's take on a new challenge. So we went to Savannah, Georgia. There was professional baseball in Savannah for 90 years. Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, they all played at this stadium here in Savannah. And, uh, but baseball was failing. Only a couple hundred fans coming to games. Okay. It was failing. So the former team left. So we came in, myself, my wife, our 24-year-old president, three 22-year-olds, and we said, we're going to try to make it work. And Jake, we proceeded to fail um we sold two we sold two tickets in our first three months two and when you have six employees two tickets doesn't really cover the bills so uh by january january 2016 we got a phone call that we had overdrafted our account we were completely out of money my wife and i were at my best friend's wedding she turned to me and said jesse we have to sell our house we sold our house emptied out our savings account and we're sleeping on an air bed this was just back in you know literally 2016 and um wow and we realized then we were trying to be like everyone else and You know, it's very easy, you know, to try to fit in and try to do everything like everyone else. We were marketing like everyone else. we were trying to sell like everyone else. And we realized that we had to create something that was dramatically different than everyone else that we wanted to be successful. Normal gets normal results. So we always tell our team, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. So we decided to name ourselves after a fruit. We became the first team to name ourselves after a fruit. And it wasn't just naming ourselves the Savannah Bananas. It was, could we have a senior citizen dance team called the Banana Nanas? You know, could we have a male cheerleading team called the Mananas that's now just referred to as the dad bod cheerleading squad? Could we have our mascot named Split? You know, could we have frozen bananas? Could we do a music video to Can't Stop the Peeling? And we went all down and you can see behind me, we got Dolce and banana underwear. We literally sell underwear with a banana on the crotch. We went all in on literally what business we're really in. It's making baseball fun. You find a problem with the Mm -hmm. sport. And it's long, slow, and boring, and you make it fun. And the name of our company is Fans First Entertainment. So what do we do? Mm -hmm. Every single decision is, is it fans first? You come to our ballpark. Jake, if you go to a Bananas game, which we went from selling two tickets now, every single game is sold out. I was told by our ticket team today, the wait list is over 8,000 right now to get tickets, which is crazy. Um,
0: That's incredible.
1: Every single ticket is all-inclusive. If you're lucky enough to get a ticket, it includes all your burgers, your hot dogs, your chicken sandwiches, your soda, your water, your popcorn, your dessert, everything. All-inclusive. You don't pay for parking. You don't pay ticket fees. You don't pay convenient fees, which are the most inconvenient fee there is. None of that crap because it's not fans first. When you buy merchandise, which we're so fortunate now merchandise is going all over the world, there's no shipping because shipping fees is not fans first. And not only that, we get a custom yellow box. You get a delivered fresh stamp. You get a free koozie, a free decal. You get a personalized letter from our director of merch it's all fans first so we made all those decisions and we weren't focused on creating revenue we were focused on creating fans and when you focus on creating fans the revenue takes care of itself so now we're in the entertainment business we're traveling all over the world we're taking our show like the globetrotters and uh you know we got breakdancing coaches we've got you know a full pep band we got guys that come out to bat in stilts our players celebrate like i've never seen players celebrate it's like wwe meets disney meets baseball and i'm so fortunate to be the ringleader of this crazy team
0: yeah it's incredible and you, and you touched on it a little bit, just some of the the wild antics that go on at a baseball game uh some of the Some of the rules are a little bit different than your traditional baseball game. You guys have designed a a format in which fans who aren't traditional baseball fans can enjoy the game still. Uh, I was just scrolling through uh, just a minute ago, and I mean two hour time limit that's that's good to hear for some people. They don't like to sit there and watch a four hour five hour baseball game um Mine that I was most uh, kind of interested about is the batters can steal first. Is that, is that true? I mean, that's crazy. No walks. I mean, there's a, there's a list. The list goes on. But how do you find and incorporate a rule that both makes sense and is applicable to the game without, without ruining the flow of the game, really?
1: Well, I think anything. Any innovation, uh, any great entrepreneurs, they, they fall in love with the problem. And they start with a problem and Mm -hmm. they try to solve it. And so uh, for us, you know, looking at the game of baseball, you know, we were fortunate to sell out every game and there's scalpers outside our games, which is so funny. You know, I mean, people don't know who listening, like we're college summer baseball. Like there's like major league and triple A and double A and high A and independent pro ball. Like we're college summer baseball and have people outside holding signs saying, I need tickets, which means they're actually selling tickets. It's hilarious. All right. So anyways, what we notice though, is people can't get tickets to games. There's a wait list over Mm 8,000. Yet if you look at every game, at 9 o'clock, the fans are starting to leave. Even though we have literally players delivering roses in the crowd, we have players doing conga lines through the crowd, we have nonstop entertainment, fans are still leaving. It's because they've had enough. I don't know the last Mm -hmm. time that someone went to an amazing concert or a great comedy show or a great theatrical show, and they're like, oh, this has been awesome. I'm going to leave in the middle. It doesn't happen yet mm. in baseball. We watch as our fans leave early, and early, early, and it's just because it's it, it's long. It's a long game. So, yeah, as we continue to find out, invent for our fans, invent a better experience for your fans. That's why we made every ticket all inclusive. That's why we also at our ballpark, Jake, we're the only stadium in the world. There's no advertising. We eliminate all our ads yeah. and talk That's talk incredible. about bad timing. Literally, February 25th, 2020. Two weeks before the pandemic, we're like, let's throw away hundreds of thousands of dollars. Let's see how that'll go for the bottom line. We made that decision. We announced it, and it was crazy. But what happened since that point, our merchandise has skyrocketed. Our merchandise has become a seven-figure brand because fans believe in who we are and what we stand for, not about us trying to get money from them, about us providing them value. So to go to the baseball game, we're constantly trying to figure out how to make a better experience. We will never stop, Mm -hmm. ever. We will never rest on that. So we said, what if we create a different game? So for two years, we were testing this game called Banana Ball. We were mm-hmm. testing with college players, playing it behind the scenes, behind closed doors, and we found out that the players love the game. A two-hour time limit, batters can't step out of the box. You take all the bad parts of baseball, walks. Walks are boring. It's like, hey, now let's just go walk to a base. Like, like that is the most unathletic thing there is. Or bunts, like, or right. bunts, like let's not swing. Let's give it a t- t- tappity tap. Let's just tap the ball a little bit and see what happens, all right? All those bad, boring right. things, We turn a walk is now a sprint. On the fourth ball, the umpire yells, sprint. And the hitter has to run full speed to get as many bases as he can while the, the defensive team throws the ball to every position player until it's live. So they're throwing it third, short, second, first, right field, left field, center field. It's live. And there could be a play at second. It could be a play at third. If they throw the ball away, it could be a home run. It's penalizing the walks. And then the game, yeah. we've all been a part of, Jake, of boring innings. Like, all right, you know, the home team just scored six runs. Oh, this inning's going on. No, every inning every mm-hmm. inning counts. If you win the inning, you get a point. First team to five wins. So very simple. The visiting team doesn't score in the first. The home team gets a guy on first. He steals second. Base hit. Inning over. One nothing. Goes to the second inning. So it creates the walk off. Okay. What's the best play in baseball? The walk off. And then so, what else? Absolutely. And you mentioned batter steal first. Well, pitchers stop throwing balls in the dirt. Start throwing wild pitches. You go throw a wild pitch. You're gonna the hitter's gonna take advantage. He's taking off. He's stealing first. So you add the excitement. That's incredible. You add the excitement. And then if fans catch a foul ball, it's an out, uh, which is crazy. But now we have more fans wearing gloves than ever before. Now here's the challenge, Jake. We still have our college summer team mm. that plays every summer. We have to play nine-inning traditional game. But literally, the other night, we played a three-and-a-half-hour game. I was like, what is going on? This is way too long. We could have had two banana ball games almost done by now. So we formed mm-hmm. our pro team that will travel around the country. We did our one-city world tour in Mobile, Alabama this past spring. And we'll play every spring with pro guys, guys that throw in the low to mid-90s, pro professional players. And Jake Peavy was in uniform with us uh, back in in March, which was crazy. So he threw out the first banana. He was in uniform with us in Mobile, Alabama. And that is our banana ball. That is the future of what we do. That's what we'll take to every city. We'll end up all over. Iowa, Idaho, you name it. California, that's where we'll be taking because it's a faster, better, more exciting game. And that's what we see the future of this experience is.
0: Okay, so they're two separate teams. You have the college summer team and you have the pro team. I was Okay. Yes. So that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Um so getting into kind of the business side of things, you said that you guys in the very beginning had struggled a little bit. What was what was kind of your reinforcement? What was, was there like a uh something inside of you that was like, I need to continue doing this? This is what I'm destined to do, or were you just doubling down on what your strengths were, what, what was the story behind that? Yeah. What kept you going?
1: We burned the boats. We had no other options. I mean, this was our only team. This was our True. team. You know, my wife and I, we moved down mm-hmm. here. We were sleeping on an airbed. We had no other options. And I think, uh, and when you invest in, I mean, we went from zero debt to $1.8 million in debt. And when you're in your early 30s, that's not a great way to start your life. Uh, especially when Emily, Emily and right. I just got married the year we went on, took all that debt. And the year we were sleeping on the airbed and the year we had to sell our house. So, um, but the reality is I, I think, when you believe in something, you believe there's a better way. You know, I think create something that you would be a fan of. It's very simple. And I've heard George Lucas say this about Star Wars. You know, I've heard some of the greatest creators say, I just wanted to build something that I was a big fan of. And so I'm a guy that played baseball my whole life. I understand it. Yet I can't watch an entire baseball game. If I can't watch an entire baseball game, good luck to anyone else. So create something that you're sure. a fan of. Like, Jake, you got this podcast right now. If this isn't a podcast that you won't listen mm. to afterwards, that you don't enjoy it yourself, good luck to the listeners. And so what I, I kept saying is like, all right, how do we create an experience where there's no dead time, where there's constant music, constant energy? I mean, during our game, our fans, 4,000 fans are standing up dancing, hey, baby. Then we have a sing-off, 2,000 fans in one grandstand versus 2,000 fans in another grandstand. We have a second-inning stretch instead of a seventh-inning stretch, but we have a Richard Simmons impersonator who comes out and gets the whole crowd thrusting their hips. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But I catch myself laughing. The other night, the players scored. Uh, Dan Oberst, uh, one of our top players, he scored. And as he scored, he ran with the entire team around the entire grandstand, high-fiving all the fans in the middle of the game. All right? I was hyena laughing. I was down. And then the next inning, one of our guys scored. And as he scored, he pulled a Forrest Gump. He turned and ran out of the stadium. He ran all the way down the baseline and just ran out of the stadium. And fans are losing it. The other other guy scored, and we, we threw him two bananas, and he did the bowl and the Toro. And he acted like a bull and ran at the guys, and they all took off. And we had a flag, and he ran through the flag. I mean, that's fun. And so when you create create things that you want to watch, that you want to be a part of, that you enjoy, that you're a fan of, you will continue to push it, promote it, and tell everyone about it. You will scream from the mountaintops what you're doing and what you love. And that's what I tell anybody. If you're not ready to wear your own gear, wear your logo on your shirt everywhere you go and tell everyone and want people to talk about it, you haven't found your passion. You haven't found the thing that you are going to make so successful because you don't believe in it enough to wear it and be proud of it. And I'll tell you, I wear this yellow tuxedo every day I can. And when I'm not wearing this, I'm wearing bananas gear. I mean, I'll, I'm all about it. And you'll watch our team is as well. We are proud to wear that and because we are big fans. So become a fan yourself and then tell everyone about it.
0: I love it. I love it. And, and on that same note, how do you get some of these college kids, how do you get them to buy in? Because maybe they're not, obviously they're not used to banana ball and stuff like that. How do you get them to buy in and be just, crazy and wild and doing stuff that maybe they're not used to. They've maybe never had that approach to the game of baseball in their life. Vision,
1: vision, vision. You share the vision over and over and over again. Not one player on this team gets a uniform and gets to play until they go through our Bananas fans first orientation. And what that means is even when guys come in individually, I'll spend 30 minutes with them and I'll tell them the vision of who we are and what we're trying to do and what we stand for. And I'll say, guys, my goal is simple. I want this to be the most fun you've ever had playing baseball. I want this to be the best summer of your life. Here's how it's going to happen. And I'll share it. And I'll say, guys, here's what's just, hey, this is your first game, first home game. We're going to go out there. We're going to do a march at 520, almost two hours before the game starts. The pep band's going to lead the march. Behind is going to be the banana nanas, then the male cheerleading team, then the break and coaches, then the rest of the team, then our professional high fiver, then our bananas princess. And we're going to make our way outside. And do a march as we're playing a Mardi Gras song. And you'll see hundreds of fans lined up. And they'll be clapping. And every other person will have their phone up taking video, and we'll put on a performance and everyone's cheering. We'll do Hey Baby, and then we'll do a big countdown. Well, 500 people will be counting down 10, 9, 8. We'll open the gates. It'll be the most energy you've ever seen at 5.30 before a game. And then for the next hour and a half, fans are not walking to their seats. They're running to their seats to get fired up for the game. And then right before the game, 4,000 fans will be standing and cheering as you take the field. And then throughout the game, fans will be coming up and yelling your name. They'll be dancing. They'll be cheering. They'll be getting autographs. After the game, at 10 o'clock at night, the band will be playing. All of a sudden, every player will be out thanking the fans, but they'll be thanking you. They'll be dancing. They'll be pictures. That'll help it happen every single night. In between that, we're going to win a game, and then we'll win more games. And then we'll continue winning because we're having fun. And every night, you'll see national media come in and people from all over the country. Every night, 15 states, people will come in. And then finally, we're going to oh, my goodness, we're in the, we're in the playoffs. And we win the first round just because the fans are going crazy. Those tickets sold out within a few minutes. Then we have our first championship game here in Savannah. The fans are lined up three hours in advance. Tickets sold out in four minutes. They do the same cheering, the yelling, but they're standing the entire game. At the end of the night, when we get the third out, we're going to rush the field. It's going to be deafening at the stadium. We're going to have the biggest Nana pile on the mound that you've ever seen. And the place is going to go nuts. You guys are going to be hugging. And all of a sudden we say, guys, one more thing. We love you guys. Here's a surprise fireworks show. And boom, surprise fireworks show goes off to the greatest, show, uh, greatest showman soundtrack. And you guys are celebrating. You go out at 1030 at the Plaza. And all the fans are still there. They're thanking you for what you did. And you're saying, wow, this was the best summer of my life. This is the most fun i ever played baseball. And we celebrate the rest of the night. And you go home and say, I'll never forget this. I paint that picture yeah. to the guys. Every single guy that comes with him. you know what happens, Jake? That will all happen.
0: What? Well, that's incredible. That I mean, that's un, that's unrivaled by any other baseball organization in the world. Probably, it's it's crazy that you have the energy each and every day to, you know, you're in your yellow tux. You're you're generating that energy and buzz within your own organization with the fans with all of that. How do you do you feel that there's a direct correlation with the amount of fun that they're having? And your guys' current win streak. Is, do you think if there was less fun, there would be it's less proven. winning?
1: It's proven. And so when you paint a vision and you share how important it is to have fun and you give permission to have fun and you recognize fun and you create a recognition feedback loop of fun, it happens over and over and over again. We recognize guys. I mean, for instance, the first game, uh, our outfielder, uh, Ty comes in. Ty Jackson, he comes in and he acts like he pulled his hamstring when he scored and he's grabbing his hamstring, and then all of a sudden he gets mm-hmm. down and he starts twerking his butt, all right? And the crowd goes nuts. He was okay. He didn't pull his hamstring. He was just messing with everyone. And then we put it on TikTok and it gets 1.2 million views on TikTok. You better believe he gets, a, he gets a shirt from us that says Flip the Switch, which is our player's code for Flip the Switch between entertainment and baseball. And, you know, we get recognized. Mm-hmm. We recognize it. The fans love it. The people love it. So we do it. And then we've had professors come in and study they study our culture, they study our fun, and they realize that there's only one team that shows a strong correlation between fun, culture, and atmosphere and playing better. And it's the bananas. It's proven. If you love what you yeah. do, enjoy, and you have fun, and you give fun, you will perform better. You look at most people, they go to work, they're like, oh, it's Monday. You know, it's Monday. Oh, dreading Monday. I mean, this is a sad stat, but most, the, right. the highest rate of suicides are on Mondays. It's, a, it's, 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 it's staggering. Yeah. You know, Monday is crazy to me, it's my favorite day. I get antsy on Sunday. I'm like, I got to get back. I got to get back in this. I got to get back going, all right? So my key is, yeah. like, how do you create that? So when the guys are at the ballpark, you, you feed that. You feed, you feed it. You feed it. You feed it. And the key is, it starts from the top. If I'm an owner who is talking about, uh, we need more money, uh, we need more sales, uh, you know, or I'm taking myself too serious. Oh, guys, we got to be overly really professional. We're professional? No. The world doesn't need more professional. The world needs more fun. And so we Reach that over yes. and over again, and I'm in a yellow tuxedo. I obviously don't take myself too seriously. I'm doing selfies in the crowd like an idiot for most of the game. All right. I'm dancing in the crowd for most of the game. I'm doing that. Our coach yeah. literally has done music videos where he comes out on a horse. He's on a horse to Old Town Road. He did the Braveheart scene where he painted his face bright yellow and he's doing the whole William Wallace scene. If he's willing to do that, he's willing to have fun. And when you have fun, you perform better. Yeah. I wish the world would just start saying, you know what? We're going to value fun as much as we value success and performance. Because if you do fun first, the success and the performance will take care of itself.
0: Yeah. I, no, I 100% agree. I think, I think you guys have a lot of fun. And I'm not going to lie to you. I've only recently followed this van bananas. I'll say within probably the last three months. But in that three months, it's crazy how much... I'll just say positive energy. You guys emit and share on your social platforms and all that, that even way out here in Idaho, I can have yeah. fun with you. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that reach that you guys have is unmatched okay. by other pro sports well, or anything.
1: Well, we're very it's crazy. You know, I, I You know, we have more TikTok followers than every major league baseball team. And it's just wild. But, I mean, it shows me something. It shows we are hungry for fun. We are hungry for joy. We are hungry for not seriousness. <laughs> You know, there's enough seriousness, there's enough Mm -hmm. news, there's enough polarization out there in the world. You know, people that don't take themselves too seriously and and do an extra twerk or an extra dance or an extra celebration, you know, it's fun. And, you know, I I tell the guys before, one of the biggest regrets I have, um, you know, I was fortunate to get the biggest scholarship offer at at Watford College where I ended up playing. Um, And at that point, my baseball career changed. And unfortunately, it changed for the worse because I became a guy that had to live up to that scholarship in my own head. I had every night. I felt like I was being paid, and I had to deliver on what they were investing in me. And I wasn't that little kid that used to come out and act like Nomar Garcia, Pereira, turn my hat around like Ken Griffey Jr. I wasn't that same kid, and I didn't perform that well because I put too much stress and too much pressure on myself. I don't want that to ever happen to again. We start playing games for fun of it. I have a three-year-old son, and he comes out. Yeah. And uh, when he hits, of course, I got him. Hey, Maverick, after you have a good hit, make sure you bat flip. So I got, I'm teaching my three-year-old's bat flip. And this morning we're hitting, and I flip it to him, and he does a bat flip, and he throws the bat, and then he starts going like this. And he starts moving his arms, and he's like, swagger, Dad, swagger. And I was like, yes, yes, Maverick, swagger. So now he knows swing hard, bat flip, swagger. And you know what? Every time he did that, he was laughing, and he was smiling. And what happens between that age of three years old to sometimes 15 to 20, you're told to act like you've done it before. You're told to be serious. You're told to not show it as much, not show the emotion. And every day that happens, we take away the fun out of the game. We take the fun out of these, out of these kids. And I don't ever want to see that happen again. And yes, my son may be having more fun than anyone else in a crazy way that people may read it the wrong way. But I'd rather have that than someone that stops playing because the game's no longer fun.
0: Absolutely, you guys have extended the careers of lots of people that, like you said, have maybe experienced burnout at one level or another, and they're able to have that fun, and it's awesome to see. I I love I love following your guys' page pretty much on any social media <laughs> page, and uh, you got you guys are just keeping it real, and I appreciate that you guys are are doing what you're doing, you, you know, each and every day. So. Um, where do you get your inspiration for, you know, you, you've been the author of a, a great selling book and you're hosting your own podcast, Business Done Differently. How do you find time in your day to run the Savannah Bananas, do these podcast interviews, you know, pen a book, uh, host your own show? I mean, how do how do you put everything together? How do you organize it? Are you... Are you someone that just has the innate ability to stay on top of things? Or are you very, very meticulous?
1: Yeah, I struggled with this mightily. Um, You know, years ago, I'd wake up, I'd look at social media, I'd look at the news and all that crap. And I would, uh, you know, be affected by other people's priorities and not get a lot done and put out fires and go through all of it. Um, But then I had a big aha moment. It was two. The first aha moment was uh, reading Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod uh, about uh, a great book about uh, a young man who basically died twice he he was pronounced dead at a scene of a car accident and and then once again on depression and he realized he had to change his life and not be about other people's priorities he had to put himself first and so he started his day with what he called the lifesavers which is silence affirmation visualization exercise reading and scribing and i started that back in 2015 but i made it my own um so every morning i I wake up up, i read i write in my journal i write 10 ideas i do a thank you note i go for a run and listen to a podcast and by six seven o'clock i've already got my vegetables i've already won the day Um, that was a big game changer. The second thing was I I did an audit of my best days and my worst days. And I think often we just kind of go through the motions of what we do in the day. And some days at the end of the day, we're tired. Some days we're full of energy and we don't talk about it. We don't think about it. We just kind of, Hey, that was today. I had a tough day, but tomorrow will be better. We don't know why. So I did an audit. And I realized, Mm -hmm. uh, that the days that I, my best days were the days that I did things that gave me energy. And it sounds so simple. Do the things you love. Do the things you like. No, I'm going to push you. Do the things that give you energy. So I created my energy list. And so I realized, looked, I looked at what gives me energy. And so you mentioned some of those things that I do. I learned, I looked at all the things. I was like, all right, I love going on podcasts. I love speaking. I love coming up with ideas. I love promoting. I love, you know, I love reading. I love growing. I love listening to podcasts. I love writing. I love strategic. I love thinking about all that stuff. I hate details. Give me away like details, like finance numbers. Like get me away from it. Operations, ugh, I can't do it. Like, I don't like it. Like all that managing stuff. Gross, get me away from it. And I looked at it, I was like, all right, it all fits in three boxes. Creating, sharing, and growing. So when I'm creating, coming up with new ideas, Um, coming up with a new speech, coming up with new podcasts, coming up with new ideas, when I'm uh, uh, sharing, when I'm on a podcast, when I'm speaking, when I'm I'm sharing our visualization, our our vision of our team to other people, and when I'm growing, when I'm reading, when I'm talking to people that are smart, that are better than me, that that I can learn from. When I do any of those three, I'm full of energy. And then by 5.30, when I go home for my kids, I am... A dad that's ready to rock and roll, even though I worked my butt off from 5 o'clock in the morning until 5.30 because I did things that gave me energy. So, yeah, how do I do a podcast? Well, when I do a podcast, it gives me energy. How do I do speeches all over the country? I'm very yeah. fortunate. It gives me energy. How do I write a book? It gives me energy. How do I come up with ideas and, and promote and get in the field and do all the crazy stuff with man? It gives me energy. So it, we underestimate what we can do because we're doing things that don't give us energy. We're doing things that wear us out, that tire us, and we're like, I can't do anymore. I'm just worn out. I'm burnt out. I don't feel burnt out because I don't do things that burn me out.
0: I love it. I mean, that's that's pretty cut and dry. It's it's what everyone should really follow along with that with that pattern. But it's it's difficult for some people. So it's good to see that there's people out there that are mm-hmm. very, uh, like I said, very. So, you're just you're 100% bought into your own mentality. So, so Jake, and I, I'll tell I love you. It.
1: So higher, uh, in the beginning, it's very tough. I would say it's very tough. When he started with the and mm-hmm. Grizzlies, it was me and my wife, and we we're running the whole team. And she was doing financing which finances which you know i love her to death but accounting numbers is not her strength and i was like why are we off by this much she's like oh i missed that i go "Yeah, you shouldn't be doing this all right it didn't give her energy i was trying to figure out operations and put signs up in the stadium and do concession stuff i was a disaster it would take me an hour to put up one sign when it took a normal person 10 minutes like it was bad all right and we were doing all that and then what we realized is like doesn't make sense and so You do what you are good at, what your 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 strategic, your um, unique ability is, as Dan Sullivan says. And so what I realize is if I'm out promoting, sharing, creating, coming up with ideas, that value is here. And if I do all that, that will increase the team's value here. So we can hire people that love ops, hire people that love numbers, hire people that love all those things that we don't love. So it's a little simple thing like, you know, oh oh, you have a landscaper, you must be really like, no. It, doing my lawn will wear me out I will dread it all week it will wear on me not just the hour and a half to do it, it will wear on me the whole week thinking the fact that I have to do it so we pay for a landscape you know, it's, you, pay, you pay and hire yeah. Yeah. The things that don't give you energy and you do what gives you energy and that will afford you the opportunity to pay pay for and hire and make you happier more successful, more passionate and better at what you do
0: I love it I love it well, Jesse, that's all I had for you. I appreciate your time. I'm, I'm so thankful that you could spare us half an hour here to, to tell us about your team and your dream and how you're kind of fulfilling that. And, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for it. So thank you for stopping by and, and sharing your Thank you. It was a story. pleasure, my
1: man. Appreciate you.